Hey there, I'm Danielle Ackeson, and this is the Silver Lining Live podcast. Everyone has a story to tell. I believe something can be learned from every situation. The Silver Lining Life gives everyone a voice. Real life people and experts share their life. They share how they've overcome tragedy, their victories, and their defining moments. So why is this important? Because it's easy to look at a person and think it's been so easy, quick, or perfect for them. But that is so far from reality. There is work, struggle, and heartbreak. As we will learn, a silver lining life isn't a perfect life. It's about enjoying the life you've been given and even those hard times. So sit back and get ready. It's going to be a fun ride. I am so, so excited to share with you my uncle, Phil Stout. Um, for those of you who don't know him, he is a husband, a father, a beloved grandfather, <laughs> and he has pastored for over 30 years now. He is a writer. He works in hospice. He's a runner, a reader. He is a junkie of theology, politics, and he's a Christmas fanatic. So it just yeah. made sense to bring him on um, for a Christmas episode. So welcome, Phil. I'm so excited that you're here. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be with you, Danielle. When you contacted me, I thought, man, I can't think of anything I'd enjoy doing more than talking about Christmas, man. You know, what's, what's the old line? I would do this for a box of donuts and a poke in the eye, you know? <laughs> I promise no poke in the eye, but okay, I won't be able to arrange the donuts. <laughs> So we're just going to kind of hop right in. So when I, uh, when I messaged Phil, I um, wanted him to tell kind of the Christmas story. And I also prefaced it with, I know that you're a preacher. So if you're tired of telling the Christmas <laughs> story, um, I, I totally get it. And he came back and he was like, no, I, I want to. Um, so I'm glad it's still the bread and butter. I mean, it does make sense. Yes. <laughs> So, so I'm just going to kick it on over to you. And so you can go into the Christmas story. Well, I, I tell you, I, the, the part that I think is the coolest is probably the part that goes by a lot of us. And, um, you know, I, of course, we have all these beautiful traditions that, that we all love, especially about the stable and, and, you know, all the songs about all the animals and, and all of that. But the funny thing is, there's only one sentence in the Bible, only one that actually tells us it happened in a stable. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've extrapolated on that as we should and as we need to, but it's, that it's from Luke where it says, um, she wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Now, what I missed for a lot of years was the inn thing, you know? Um, because when you and I hear inn, we're thinking of a, a motel, a lodge, you know, something nice like that. Nice little holiday inn. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And there were in that day some of those kinds of inns, but that's not what they're talking about here at all. Um, Bethlehem was a town of about a thousand people, and it was not a destination vacation place. <laughs> So there, there, there weren't inns as such. And so a lot of, you know, we have this image all the time that, um, you know, Joseph went around and there were all these no vacancy signs, you know, <laughs> where, right. where there wasn't any room in the inns. But in that day, uh, the inn was where the people stayed as opposed to where the animals stayed. So because of the census, Joseph was going back to his extended family. Oh, okay. and, and he wasn't going to a strange place. So uh, the whole trip, 
was the thought that uh, there'll be a place for us to stay with our family. And uh, what, what they would do many times is, this, this just sounds gross, but, but it's reality. Um, they would have the stable like downstairs and they would live upstairs so that the, uh, in the cold times, the warmth of the animals would kind of warm their house. I always think that must have smelled great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is but, gross. But, but what, what we read is that he was actually going back to his family. And uh, she ended up giving birth to him in a stable because there was no room in the inn. Now, think about that for a moment. Um, if you were going back, I know your dad. I know your dad well, and, if, <laughs> and your dad is a great dad. If yeah. you were going, if you were, pre, if you were nine months pregnant and you were going home and everybody was there at the house and there weren't enough beds, you know, somebody has to sleep on the floor. The pregnant woman doesn't sleep on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Even now to this day, not pregnant, I wouldn't be sleeping on the floor, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Everybody in the house would be saying, oh, I'll sleep on the floor. So Daniel, you got to take the bed because, you know, and, and so, in that day, why was it that Mary and Joseph show up to extended family and yet they have to sleep in a stable because they can't sleep in the inn or where the people stay? And it probably, come, we're extrapolating a little bit here, but it probably comes down to this. They weren't married and she was nine months pregnant and she shows up and you can almost hear this extended family say, no, you will not bring her in this house. You can sleep with the animals, right. which is, yeah, which is, 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 you know, so we have all this thing about the, I remember the Christmas carols that talked about the, the soft, beautiful straw. No, that's not a barn. It's awful. <laughs> you know, you know the, the whole thing, what, were you born in a barn? Well, actually he was, you know, <laughs> and, and so what it was, was he was, he was rejected, not because just the, the city was full because of the census and all that, but, but he was rejected and Mary and Joseph were rejected because the people who were supposed to love them the most were ashamed of them and didn't want anything to do with them. Wow, yeah. And so it, it, it gives kind of a new, a new concept of there was no room. Well, why wasn't there any room? There was probably no room because they said, you don't belong here. We don't have room for you, which opens up this whole new meaning to me that, um, you know, you and I know, uh, not all of us, not everyone's blessed. You and I have great families, but a lot of people this time of year is a hard time of year because, yeah. you know, we always say the Christmas season can bring peace. It can also expose conflict. And a lot of people, you know, I know the Thanksgiving dinners become a joke nowadays because of the politics, but it's true, isn't it? Right. You're spot we, on. You are so spot on with that. We have a lot of friends who don't. And so a lot of people, they, they feel really rejected by their family. Well, so this whole story of Jesus' birth then is that um, Jesus comes and he makes everybody his family, even though his parts of his family rejected him. Now, later on, we, we find he stayed close to his mother and his, his, his family. But there's a, a passage in the next gospel, John's gospel, that just is so, it took me years before I got it. It's where John says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. And I always read that kind of, well, you know, he came to humankind and humankind. And that is what it means. But really, he actually came to his own. He came to his own family and they did not receive him. But then it says, but then they became his children, sons of God, which means that you and I, in this world where 
sometimes we feel rejected and especially people who the rejection is really, really acute because, you know, nobody can wound you like the people closest to you. Amen. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, that actually then they created family. And, you know, I was listening, I've been listening to your podcast and, and I'm hearing that where, um, people going through hard times, they say, well, I'm going to touch all kinds of other people. And so they just keep extending their family and family. And, and it, what you're doing on Facebook just makes this bigger family and family and people who feel rejected just keep adding to their family, which is kind of central to, to what Jesus was all about, you know? Yes. And, yes. and, and so the, to me, the silver lining is uh, I get to be, and all of us get to be the ones who say, no, we don't reject anybody. You know, right. come on, man. You know, and and uh, I, you know, I think of um, uh, you know, so many times people are rejected because you know they've disappointed their family or their parents or something like that. Well, you know, every one of us disappoint ourselves. You know, I mean, we're all so far from perfect. I always say I can't even spell perfect, let alone <laughs> be <Yeah>. perfect. <laughs> and, wow. and, and yet, you know, and, and, like I think of um, you know. Uh, LGBT kids who can't go home from college because their their parents don't want them there or or people who are struggling from it. You know, th there can be all kinds of scenarios and that kind of rejection is so deep, you know, so deep. So, you know, we get to say, well, no, in reality, nobody is rejected. You know, you're welcome into my family. And uh, so so the the part of the rejection is, that's a, a paradigm for us, a picture for us to say, what do we do with rejection? Well, we can get embittered and we can close in on ourselves or we can just say, um, well, I will never be the one to reject. You know, I will be the one to, it's, you've seen the thing on Facebook recently. It's great. You know, it says when, when you've been given a lot, don't build a wall, but build a longer table. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that, that's just, that's reality, man. That's joy. And right. And when you're trying to, you know, when you're trying to keep people at bay. And so, you know, I, I always think that the, the Jesus story, the story of, of this one born in a barn, and then after that, you know, becoming a political refugee from Herod, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the story of the, the purity of what we were created to be, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so much of religion is fear-based. So much of religion is exclusive and and um, the, the first century Christians, the scandal was just the opposite. They were, people were scandalized by, by them because they were so inclusive. They just kept saying, come on, come on in, You're part of the family, come on in. And so I, 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 I love that one line, no room in the inn. And it's not, about, uh, it's not about the holiday inn. It's not about, oh, it's just crowded. It's about, no, someone said, you aren't good enough. And they said that to the one who created us. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's so funny because exactly what you're saying. I mean, when I think about the, the Christmas story, you think about, you know, the, the soft hay and the sweet baby and these little animals around. And you're right. I mean, a barn is disgusting. It's yeah. absolutely disgusting. And, you know, they went there for the census, correct? I mean, correct. that's why they, yeah. they were going. So like, it never ever occurred to me like, well, why wouldn't his family have let them, you know? Yeah. And, and what you're saying makes absolute perfect sense that it, it, it wasn't socially acceptable that they were coming. They weren't married. Not at they all. Show up. 
and here she is ready to give birth. And they're like, oh no, you cannot come in. (laughs) It makes total sense. I've often wondered if on the trip, you know, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, I've often wondered if, if Joseph was saying to Mary, yeah, when we get there, I, you know, this is part of my family I haven't seen in years, but they'll be glad to see us. And as he was saying that, I wonder if in his, in the back of his mind, he was saying, oh, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. Because he knew that, that this was scandalous stuff, you know, and, and of course, that's one of the, the beauties of it. You know, in that day, uh, an unwed mother, you know, that was, I mean, they would literally go out and stone them to death, you know, and that's why Joseph kind of kept it a secret as long as he could. And when you think, when we talk about, you know, the, 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 the creative force of the universe came to us as the child of an unwed mother born in a barn, mm. uh, it takes all of our concepts of greatness and flips it upside down, you know? And then, yes. and then there's, a simple, there's a simplicity to that. It says, well, then, you know, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. used to always say, to love, you don't have to, you don't have, to have a degree. You don't have to uh, be the smartest person in town. You know, he would just go through all these things that our culture says you have to have, you have to have, and then you come out of it and say, you know, uh, I can be a, you know, what Jesus would later say, I can be a great person by simply being a loving person. And I, that's why I think this is such a valuable time of year. It gets us back to, you know, the big picture and gets us back to the simplicity uh, of loving and uh and it kind of humbles us and we can let go of, you know, what people think of us and all that kind of stuff. And just, uh, you know, just identify with the one who was born in a barn. <laughs> yeah. And when, when you were saying that, it reminded me of the quote, um, uh, no one is special and everyone is special. And, oh, yeah. you know, like, like you said, an unwed mother, he was born in a barn. I mean, those are humble beginnings. Yes. Yet. You know, he taught the world, if, if you believe in it, you know, that about love. I mean, yeah. that, that, was, that was his mission was love and acceptance. And he started in a barn next to, you know, a, a goat and, and, a, yeah. and a, a cow or whatever, you know. So it, it's funny um, when, when people think that they're better than other people or, or even you have that perception, oh, this person thinks they're better than me. Well, they probably don't actually think that, but, right. but you know, that's the perception that you have. And in reality, everybody is special and no one is. So that is such and, a great way to look at it. And, and that liberates us, you know, because I don't have to, I don't have to prove that I'm special. I am. Right. And yet right. I don't, I, 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 I'm not special in a manner that makes me ever superior to anyone else. You know, there, yeah. there's a, there's a real freedom with that. I think when you think of how many, I think of times in my life when I was, I wasn't really a free person because I was kind of trying to prove to myself I had worth, you know, if I accomplish mm-hmm. this and I get this degree, you know how that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so easy to fall into that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, after I get done with my degree, then I'll like me. <laughs> and if I don't like me, <laughs> no, if I don't like me now, I'm not going to like me, you know, or, or maybe after I get that job, then I'll really feel like I've done something, you know, and, and when we finally get past all that, we just see the simplicity of, um, of, uh, just naked love, just, you know, here it is. You don't have to earn it. You don't, you don't have to qualify for it. Uh, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to, you know, and, and that's, that's the great thing. You know, Jesus, of course, was a Jew and, and when he, when he uh, came in the manger that these probably Jewish shepherds, because they were around Bethlehem, came. But the whole thing about the wise men, these were 
men of a totally different religion. They, 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 they were what people then would have called pagans, and, and uh, they were the first ones. So even, even the thing of, well, if you're, if you're not a Christian, you can't appreciate Jesus. Well, tell that to the wise men. Tell that to the magi that you can't appreciate Jesus if you're not a Christian. They weren't Christians. Actually, nobody was then. They were all Jews. Right. <laughs> there was, right. And so we get, we get so hung up, you know, on, on, you know, what your religious beliefs are and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, scripture says God is love and love is God. So if, if we learn how to love, the scripture is very plain, it says all who love are of God and born of God. And, and so we just keep, loving and we keep adopting each other. I know, you know, that sounds so pie in the sky. And, and, and we're not saying that's easy to do. No, right, right. There's a lot of people really tough to love. <laughs> you <know. laughs> Sometimes you have to love from afar. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure to, to some people, I'm pretty tough to love, you know, so I mean, you know, we're not saying that's easy, right. but, but there's a purity and a simplicity to it that helps us quit trying to compete, you know? Yeah. Um, but there's a, too, like, isn't it just that easy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I feel like we just overcomplicate things and we want to, to have this big answer to the problem. Yeah. And isn't it, I mean, could it just be as easy as just being kind and just loving on one another? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's naive. Maybe that is. I don't think it is. I don't think it's naive at all because when I read my, my favorite theologians, uh, when, when I read these guys who are just brilliant and they, you know, they've studied the biblical languages, they, they've studied deep philosophy and everything like that. And, um, you know, Karl Barth, one of the greatest theologians of the modern era, you know, they asked him, you know, what's the sum total of, of your faith? And he said, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. <laughs> You know, and, and, and he, he, you know, was that being naive that I can love unconditionally? Well, I have to learn to do it. It's a process, but if that's right. what I aspire to, you know, that's pretty good. And, you know, someday, um, you know, we always say someday uh, they're going to have my funeral and, and say some words about me in the church. Then they're going to go have potato salad in the fellowship hall, you know, <laughs> and, and they're not going to talk about, what jobs you held or your degrees or nobody's going to talk about that. They're going to say, you know, I was, I, I hit a hard time and, and, and I felt rejected and, and he, he hugged me and said, can I take you out the coffee? You know, that's the stuff people remember. It is. And, it is. It's, it's how you make people feel. It's, it's not what you say. It's not what you do. It's how you make people feel. And if you make people feel heard and loved, like that, that's all that truly matters. In my, I was like, in my opinion, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I always like to ask people sometimes, you know, when we talk about greatness, I always say, okay, when, when you were, uh, you know, in elementary school, who was your state senator? You know, <laughs> or who was the vice president of the United States? They, then they say, who was your favorite teacher? And why were they your favorite teacher? And, and you know that it's on one-on-one -on -one that people change the world and being, you know, elected to public office, as important as that is, I'm not putting that down, but we think that's greatness, and yet in people's lives, they don't remember that. They remember the person, you know, uh, I, I, have, I have one patient right now uh, in, in my hospice work, and um, she never got to have children, and of course, she's an elderly woman, and she took a little guy in her house, and adoption laws were different and everything, and just loved this abused kid, and he's an adult now and has his own kid. And I said to her, do you realize you taught him how to love? And so, you know, you changed his world. Well, you know, we always say, if you change a life, you've changed generations of lives, you know? Yes. 
And yeah. and here's this woman, and no one will ever know her. She'll never make it the paper. No, and yet generations of people are changed because she said, nobody should treat a kid that way. Come and live with me. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's life. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. and, and I think that the kind of the, the premise behind my podcast is like people coming on and telling their story. So it's not just experts, but it is real life people coming and and telling those stories. And, you know, I think there's so much inspiration in even just hearing you tell her story. Like, who will that impact from hearing that? Like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that, you know, adoption could have that impact, that that is what I'm teaching my child. You know, it's, it's just yeah. amazing the power of, of those stories. There's a, you know, uh, in, in, um, in the last 20 years or so, there was a lot of talk about, you know, uh, generational addictions and things like that. And there's, a lot, there's truth to that, that uh, generations can be affected. But I always try to remind people, I, in fact, I, I uh, preached a funeral a couple of days ago. I always try to remind people that the Bible says that the, the works of a good man or a woman uh, are passed down to the thousandth generation. Now, you think about that. You think about, you know, the impact people have had on your life, and that means how you're going to raise your kids, which means yeah. how they're going to raise. Now, you think a thousand generations, that's hundreds of thousands of people. Right. You know? That's crazy. And, yeah, it's crazy to think about. And yet, and yet you say that, and in your heart you go, yeah, that's true. That's mm -hmm. true. You know, the, the, uh, the Jewish rabbis during the Holocaust, they used to always say, when you save a life, you've saved the world. And I love that line. Yeah. You know, you save a life, you save the world. I just think that's beautiful. And, and we can't save people's lives and we can't save them from despair if we're excluding them. If we're saying not, you, you know, you don't believe the stuff right, you, you know, or, or you're, a, you're a different tribe than I am, or you're a different belief system than I am. You know, it's, it's funny when, when, you, uh, when you even read the words of Jesus, he never, he never once said to his followers, okay, do you believe this, 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 this? He didn't. He said, hey, come on, follow me. Let's go. Let's walk together. Uh, I, I'll show you how to live. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> Which and, was a, and, and it was, let's walk together. It wasn't, yeah. I'm going to walk in front of you and I'm going, like, this is what we're doing. It was, we're going to do this together. Exactly. Like, that is the teacher. That is, that is beautiful. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you figure it out and once you've lived good enough, I'll love you. Or once you perform, you know, that was just not even in the picture. It was like, hey, walk with me. Because... You know, um, we're all on this journey and we're all, you know, I always say I'll make a thousand mistakes this week. I just want them to be honest mistakes, you know, <laughs> we're, every one of us. And, and when we, when we see that, that level playing field, um, it's, uh, it, it's a, then it's a joy to walk with each other, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's, that's some of the stuff I was telling you before we got on that, um, you know, some of the great things I've been hearing your podcast is that very thing of people saying, you know, I'm, I'm stumbling around, but I just, I, I decided that I'm going to walk with other people and, and help them. And that's, that's beautiful stuff, man. You know, and that's, yeah. that's, that's, I think that's what this time of year it kind of simplifies the world for me, you know, and I yeah. need that. I need yes. that. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think, I think we all do. So like if somebody is listening to this and they're like, okay, Danielle and Phil, that's great. Love each other, blah, blah, blah. But you haven't met my, my, yeah. or you haven't met my whoever, you know, what, what are your, what's your encouragement to them when they're like, I, I can't, I can't deal with this person. They don't, they don't get me. I don't get them. Like, what is, what is your encouragement to them or your advice to them? 
Well, first of all, I would say uh, real love is really hard, hard work. You know, it really is um, because we're not talking about love as a sentiment, you know, like just, right. you know, feel good stuff we're talking about. So it is hard work and it's a journey. Like over the years, I've had so many people, you know, who really went through like maybe terrible abuse and they say, how do I forgive my abuser? And I, I always say, you can't flick it on like a light switch. It is a journey. And sometimes all we can do is say, uh, I, I don't love that person yet. I can't lie. I don't even want to, but I'm willing to be willing. You know, mm -hmm. I'm willing to say, okay, what's my next step? What's my next step? Because, you know, I can't look someone in the eye who's been, who's been really victimized and say, oh, get over it and love that person. That's just, <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's not, that's not reality. Um, and, and for most people, it, it's a long journey and, and, and it's an imperfect journey, you know. Um, I'll, I'll uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll love like I ought to, and sometimes I'll, I'll get selfish and 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 I'll pull back. And and so you know we we've got to let ourselves walk this journey because again that's what Jesus just said. He said, "Follow me." He didn't say, "Get it right." He said, "Follow me." You know, <laughs> and and none of us are going to bat a thousand. But I, I used to have a friend who always said to me, he said, "You know," he said, "Phil, you don't have to bat a thousand, but if if." Out of every 10 times you get up, you get three hits, you'll bat 300. If you do that for life, they'll put you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so uh, perfection isn't the goal, but uh, I think it's really authenticity. And sometimes authenticity says, I want to love this person, but oh, baby, right now it's, it's not happening. So <laughs> we'll go on this journey. We'll, we'll, we'll take it slow. And, and, and I, th I think I, nobody's more patient with this than God. Mm -hmm. You know, and I always, I always say, uh, I, I'd rather him be my judge than anyone else because he's more patient than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. But a lot of us haven't been socialized in that kind of religion. We've been socialized in a really vindictive God. And that's the big right. thing to get over. You know, um, when, when, when God is vindictive, it's easy for us to be vindictive. Mm -hmm. We can go on a journey where we think that God is unconditional love. Then we can begin to start growing in that way. And that's, that's hard, especially, you know, again, because there's been a lot of, you know, bad religion. There used to be a rock band called bad religion. <laughs> is that a great name for a band? <laughs> but there's a lot of bad religion out there that, that makes, that makes loving really hard. Right. It's almost like, you know, if, if you love too much, you're being a bad person and, and no, no, that's, that's, that's contrary to how we were created to be. So it's a journey. I, I, uh, I, and you know, we, we can never, we can never judge the hurt of someone else. You know, I, two people may go through the same thing and one person may be wounded much, much more deeply at a deeper level. So I, I can never discount the level of pain a person has gone through. So it's, it's always a journey. Be kind to yourself, but, but do you take the next step? You know, don't walk backwards. Right. It's always <laughs> and, moving forward. Yeah. But it's always, it's always a journey. And, 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 uh, if loving were easy, it would be a perfect world then, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. There's nothing easy about it. Because there's so many imperfect people. Exactly. Because we're all imperfect. Yeah. As, as we've already covered. Because <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> Amen. Me too. <laughs> so so how, how can we just be more encouraging to others? Like as, as we are going about our days and, and, you know, we're seeing those people who are hurting. How can we do that in an authentic way and not like super pushy to share, you know, that this love that, 
that is in all of us. I, I, I think, I think uh, one of the, um, uh, some of the old, old great Christian mystics used to talk about flow. And what they meant was, um, I don't have to be God. I have to let God's love flow through me. So the more, the more I am grateful for his love, the more I allow that to flow through me. So a lot of, a lot of the way we love is, is learning that we're loved. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't think I'm loved, it's pretty hard for me to love. But yeah. if, I, if I learn and trust that God does love me, then I, I'm grateful for that. And, and, and it's a flow. So, you know, we don't, it, I can't manufacture love. I can't uh, force myself to be a, a consistently, you know, kind and loving person. I, I'm receiving and, and trying to let a flow th- go through. Now, I know that sounds nebulous and, and it can sound a little airy, but you know, on days when you're living in gratitude, when you're really living in gratitude, it's easier to love people. Yep. It, it, it just really is. Good. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you, that you mentioned that because every morning in the car, um, when I'm taking the boys to drop them off and this is probably so like touchy feely, but we, I, I make them do three things that they are grateful for that morning. And we started it when, you know, sometimes we just aren't in the happiest mood at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no. Nope. And so I said, you know what? we're going to turn our day around and we're going to do three things we're grateful for. And so the boys love it and it always sets us off on the best tone for our day. And, um, and they even like talk about it. Like George the other night was vomiting and I'm, I'm, I'm right there with him patting his back and he goes, mommy, you're always going to be on my grateful list. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Well, and, and, and the thing of it is, is that, you know, gratitude gives us perspective because, you know, some people think, well, that's an escape. No, 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 that's reality. Uh, if I'm a healthy person, I need to live in the gratitude of that reality. And, and if I believe that God loves me, I need to live in the reality of that. I always say that grateful people are people who are living really in reality. They're the realists, the yes. grateful people. Yes. The, the people who think that, you know, when you're not grateful, you know, and little things get on your nerves, you start feeling like the whole world is against you. That's that's delusion. Okay. Yeah. That is delusion, you know, <laughs> but being grateful, you know, I, I had a friend of mine who lived in, in Africa and she just talked about um, when she uh, had a chance to go uh, travel far from the village she was at and, and take a shower in a hotel. She said a hot shower was the most beautiful gift in the world. She told me that years ago. So every morning I, I thank God for a hot shower just cause I, I never thought of thanking God for that. Right. Until I heard her say that that was the that was the thing she craved the most, and you know, I have so many first world creature comforts. I'm yeah. going to be warm tonight. I'm going to be in a, a a solid bed. I will have a full stomach, and that's a reality. And if I if I'm not grateful, I will get delusional and think that I am somehow pushed against. When in fact, gratitude shows me my reality. So that's so cool you do that with the kid. And, and boy, it, it pays off, doesn't it? It, it, it when, truly does. And, when, and you can, and honest, honest to God, you can see them shift their day like that. I mean, you, yeah. can, you can hear it in their voices. You know, and sometimes we aren't quick to be the first one when I say who wants to do their grateful list. You know, <laughs> they're not always jumping at the bit. But as soon as the first one goes and you can just feel the whole energy in the car lift yeah. because they can feel it and they get out of the car, they're smiley, they're happy. And, and it's the, it's a good way to 
part ways too. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. It, yeah. It's hard when they're, when they're crying, when you drop them off or, <laughs> you know, those sorts of things. But if they're smiling and they're happy and their hearts are full, I mean, as a mama, your heart is full, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and think how much better that is than to say to a child who's struggling, oh, you know, lighten up. You know, There's nothing wrong. You know, no, kids have real hurts, but you're right. saying we, we get to put it in perspective. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And just, just little simple. I mean, it's, 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 it's not changing the world, but it's changing our world, you know, yeah. and in turn, you know, that's spread. So, um, oh, it's that's something, huge. Something small. Okay. I've got two more questions for you before, before we go. So one, do you have a morning routine? Do you have a morning ritual? How do you start your day? Uh, I am. I love mornings. I, I, I try to get up at, at five o'clock. Now I won't say I bet a thousand at that, but it gives me, it gives me a couple hours to not be in a hurry. Now I'm in a different state than you are. My kids are out of the house. So, okay. I, you know, I, I never want to say to people, here's how you ought to do it. Because when you have children in the house, you don't, you don't get that luxury, but, but, um, yeah, I'll take five, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You know, that, but, but, um, I spent so many years of my life, in such a hurry that I need an unhurried time. And there's, uh, and I read scripture and I try to have some meditation time and everything, but it's funny. There's a couple mantras, if you want to use it, that's probably mm -hmm. not the right word. And you know, one is, um, uh, you know, Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you, but it ends in as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. And what that's saying is perspective that, okay, I've got a bunch of little things. I've got to drive to this place. I got to make sure I see this person. I get, but, but yet that isn't the definition of life. It's the big picture as it was and it is and it will be. So I, yeah, I have certain, certain uh, scriptures I, I read consistently, but I need that unhurried time. Uh, if I, I spent too many years, you know, getting out of bed in the morning, my feet hit the floor and I'm off and going. And uh, that's, that's not a good way for me to live. It's just not, yeah. you know. So I, yeah. I, I have intentional downtime, and I always light a candle and put coffee on. I, I don't know. I just like candles, so I always light a candle and put coffee on, and, and it's fun to watch the sun come up. It depends on the time of year. In summer, I'm not always up before the sun, and in winter, I'm usually on my way to the office before it's <laughs> it's light. But, <laughs> yep. but, you know, those times of the year, there's there's something beautiful about watching the sun come up. The old mystics used to say, uh, because in those days, they were they were afraid of, of nighttime. Nighttime was a dangerous time, so every morning to them was a resurrection. And oh, every wow. morning they'd wake up and they'd thank God that they woke up because, you know, they lived out as nomads and animals could, you know. So I always try to think that every morning's a resurrection and every morning's a gift. And, oh, and that's if, beautiful. if I get out of bed and run, I don't think that. <laughs> but, if I, but if I have that time to think that I remember, oh, it's a new life today, you know. Oh, and, I love that. That's beautiful. And before we were recording, I actually made note because we were kind of referencing morning and you said, you know, people will, um, they never go to the big picture. They just go straight to the nuts and bolts. And I loved yeah. that. I thought that that was like so important and so reality of where we are. We're like so busy and, you know, yeah. we're not looking at the big picture in the morning when we first start out, like we're just in the nitty gritty of it and life is overwhelming and life is hard yeah. in that. But if we're looking at big picture and we're grateful that we woke up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a, that's a great way to start the day. Yeah. Just gratitude for waking up. I, I saw, I don't, I don't usually like 
heavy philosophical stuff done by Peanuts characters, but I did see one on the other the other day that was so good where uh, Charlie Brown says to to Snoopy, you know, you know, someday we're gonna we're gonna we're all gonna die, and and Snoopy said, and all the other days we're not. And I just oh. thought that was so powerful, you know. Yes. Hey, I'm awake today, and it's a good day, you know. I had I had a friend who was dying of cancer, and I uh, uh, I asked him uh, how it was changing his life, and he said to me, he said, Phil, there's no such thing as bad weather. Hmm. And I thought about that. He said, every day I'm awake, every day I'm alive. He said, it's a good day, and. And I think, how many times have I complained about the weather throughout my life? That's insane. Now, now, obviously, hurricanes and things like that. All right, there's some things bad weather there. But, but you know, people get they get mad at the snow. They get mad, and and you think he said there's no such thing as bad weather. And I've thought of that so many years and shared that mm-hmm. so many times. Uh, so it's yeah, it's a perspective thing, isn't it? It it truly is. And it's funny today at work. Um, I, I was talking to one of my best friends, Chrissy, about just that because it snowed here. And I said, I know that people complain about the snow, but how can you complain when you're living in a snow globe? It's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> we had some too, and I was loving it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, it's just magical to me. <laughs> it is. Okay. And then uh, the second question. So when we do get up and we're just in a bad mood or, you know, things just haven't gone great, not, nothing catastrophic but you know you just get in that funk like how do we how do you flip that switch to like I'm shifting this day I'm not staying in this what do you do in those moments to shift it I I one time heard the definition of stress was the difference between expectation and reality um and so I, I always I, I go back to really what we've been talking about. I go to the, the 30,000 foot view you know I just have to go up there and say okay um uh, reality is that life has all kinds of struggles and I've got a couple appointments today I don't want to do, but that's life and that's good. And, and I get to experience uh, God's presence and all this stuff. But yeah, I, I've had to really learn that because I, I you know, I, I can be, I can be emotion driven. You know, I can wake up, uh, you know, stressed and, and, and I found myself so many years, I wake up stressed. And so my first thought was, I can't wait to get through this day. Well, mm-hmm. we're supposed to live this day. We're not supposed to get through it. We're supposed to live it. And so, yeah, it's kind of what we've been talking about with through gratitude or anything. I just kind of have to go up to 30,000 feet and say, you know, I'm, I'm really blessed with my health. I mean, I have friends my age who've had open heart surgery and things like that. I've, I've been a pretty healthy person and I should be thankful for that. I might not have it next week, you know? And Mm -hmm. so it's just, it's, to me, it's all perspective. Uh, I, I I don't know, in the, in the, do the strengths finder, my strength was context. And, uh, and so I always like to put things in context and that's kind of, you know, I, whenever I have to teach Bible classes, I teach, you know, it's all about context and people think, well, the context of this verse and this verse and this verse. And I say, wait a minute. But the big context is we are loved by God. That's the big context. Okay. Now read everything in that context and, and then life's different. So I just have to go for big picture stuff. And, and that's when my, uh, my attitude is lousy when I'm out of the big picture, when I'm just in the nuts mm-hmm. and bolts. And, and we, we have to do that every day, but you can't, you can't be in the nuts and bolts without the big picture. Like you said, sometimes if you're a mom with, with small children, five minutes may be all you get. You lock yep. yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But even then, you know, to take five minutes and breathe and say the world is big and the world is good. And as uh, one of my favorite uh, writers says, this is a safe universe to be in. 
Oh, and, I love uh, that. That's yeah. beautiful. And I try to remember that, you know, people say, oh, it's such a scary world. But if, but if we believe there's a God who loves us, then this is a safe universe to be in. I love that. Well, I, I want to thank you so much for doing this. I could thank talk you. To you literally all day. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so fun. And um, do you have any um, Christmas message at all that you want to share? I, uh, I, I just think that uh, if, if this time of year can help us get back to the simplicity of sacrificial love, uh, you know, then, then that, is why, that is why wise people centuries ago said we need to talk about this every year, every year. And, and when you think about it, we celebrate, I think the, what, the first day of winter is like the 22nd of December, whatever. We basically, on the darkest day of the year, we celebrate that the light came. And if we can uh, remember that, then, profound. yeah. So we, if we can remember that, then, um, then uh, we, uh, we, we take that with us. And, and then if, if everything is screwed up, if, if, you're, if your kids can't make it home for Christmas, or if you just can't afford to do with the things you'd like to do, or if, you know, everything falls apart, which it will, you know, there's no picture perfect holiday. Um, you still have the fact that, hey, light came in the darkest time, and that's the reality I live in. So if we remember that, we're going to be in pretty good shape. I love that. I love that. So if um, people have loved your message, which I'm sure that they do, they're in their cars nodding along. <laughs> We're getting some amens in the, <laughs> in the carpool lane. Um, how, how can they find you? Well, I, I have a website, philstout.com. It's all lowercase, P-H-I-L-S-T-O-U-T.com. And uh, I, you know, I, I've been busy. I haven't done a lot of blogging, but I do have a page on there for daily meditations. And there's a new one, six days a week, uh, and you can get it. You can read it there. It's also on audio, or you can subscribe and get it in your email box every day. Which and, I um, highly recommend subscribing <laughs> to it because that is where I read mine. And I, I was <laughs> telling him when we started this um, earlier, before, before we started this, I was saying that I love getting the time alone with God, which is what it's called. Um, in my, in my inbox, because I have the hardest time reading the Bible. Like I just, I can't, I can't do it. And I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, but those little five minutes of reading that it's so digestible and it just sends you on your day. Like, Oh, I can do this today. I've got this. <laughs> That's that's what they're that's what they're intended for. To uh, I I hope people use them in the mornings. Uh, some people you know uh, use them other times, but that that's what it's intended for. Just to say, and, and you know what, everybody has trouble reading the Bible. It was it was written, the whole Bible was written over centuries in different cultures and different times, and it's just it's not like picking up something that was written in 1972. You know, so that's if we take it in small doses and and uh, just look at some of the things behind a passage. It can. We can kind of, I mean, you know, my goal is to is for people to say, you know, this is a this is this is a good world we live in, and 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 there's a lot of emphasis on the things you emphasize is how do we serve other people? How do we become? Uh, how do we become the change we want to see in the world? So there's a lot of emphasis yeah. on that. But yeah, so and and that's I it says T A W G. You can click on that on the website, and then you you can subscribe there, or you can read it online, and. Uh, and it'll come to your box, like I say, Monday through Saturday, every day, every week. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. So we'll include all of that in the show notes as well. Um, so if you want um, to, to subscribe, um, I highly recommend it. 
I'll say it twice <laughs> because it, it, it is really good. And, um, you know, just, it, it, it is in a way just like you talking, which is, it's so understandable and so relatable. And I think a lot of people have moved away from religion because they don't feel like God should be scary. And right. you don't make God scary. You know, yeah. you, you share that he is unconditional love and, you know, he is in, in us and he's all around us. And, um, and so I, I just, it, it just really resonates with me for sure. I appreciate so. that. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Thank yep, you. It's awesome. So anyway, thank you for being here. I love you so much. And I'm thank so, you. So grateful for you, you are a gift. Thank, thank you. you so much, Danielle. Hey, I hope you loved that episode. If you did, please rate, subscribe, and share with anyone you feel needed to hear that message. Also, please find me on social media at The Silver Lining Life because I would love to hear your favorite takeaways from today's episode. Can't wait to hear from you soon. Thanks for being here. Bye.